Hello, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of Floor 9 of 2021. As we do every year, the IPG Media Lab will be kicking off the new year at CES. Yes, it's back. Uh, CES will be running from Tuesday, January 12th to Thursday, January 14th. And we, the IPG Media Lab, have a slate of programming that is all lined up for anyone within the IPG Media Brands portfolio. Uh, So we'll be featuring the first look of our annual trend report called the Outlook 2021. We are featuring some category disruption decks, which are a deep dive into uh, some really specific uh, areas of interest that we think brands should be thinking about in 2021. And then lastly, we're hosting some virtual partner sessions with some very interesting uh, up-and-coming startups that I think our brands will be interested in for retail community and augmented reality. So if you need any help with that, please reach out to us. We're super excited to have everybody join us at the virtual CES hosted by the IPG Media Lab. So with that, Adam, how's the new year treating you so far? Uh, So far, so good. Uh, I'm happy to not be on a plane to Vegas right now, but... Um, you know, other than that, excited to dive into CES content. I mean, listen, I enjoyed the plane right out to Vegas. I like being at Vegas, you know, for CES. Um, that was always a fun way for me to kick off the year. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be missing it. Um, I think certainly a lot of the uh, exhibitors are going to be missing it, though probably not the stress of setting up a giant booth in a matter of a couple of days. <laughs> um, this year's CES, of course, has gone all virtual uh, because uh, it's not a great time to have 180,000 people uh, in the same place at the same time. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see this unfold uh, over the course of the week um, because CES is, of course, obviously a place where there's a ton of amazing new technologies uh, and, and you know showcased every year. But the company that runs CES, uh, the, the Consumer Technology Association, is not the most technically advanced organization on the planet, as you <laughs> might imagine, uh, for being a trade organization and not a tech company. So um, they've been working with Microsoft uh, to develop a, uh, a platform uh, for CES this year, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm glad they're working with Microsoft mm-hmm. and not trying to you know do it with a smaller vendor. I, I'm I think it'll be able to to sustain the attention of lots of people at least. Um, but uh, it'll be a little different. You know, it's it's more like a, just a series of, of, of keynote presentations and microsites, uh, which isn't really the same as uh, walking around that show floor. Is there anything in particular that you're expecting personally? Like what, like what are you thinking about or what are you interested in kind of uh, wanting to see on this virtual show floor this year? I'm most interested just to see the process. Uh, okay. I think that, and to see like, are we going to get a lot of announcements concentrated next week as we normally would yep. or will they be spread out? Will more companies, you know, realize that in try to go direct to consumer, so to speak, uh, and and just uh, you know skip using CES as a place to make their major announcements? I'm thinking about because, as you know, I live in Eureka Park, this the hub of startup central uh, at uh, the Sands Expo in in Las Vegas. But I'm just kind of thinking about more about just the overall, I guess, like that vibe. You know, can we imitate that? Eureka Park just like hustle um, through a Zoom calendar invite or whatever it might be. So virtual or not, uh, we are excited for CES. Uh, and with that, I want to dive into uh, some of the trends that we think will be important for brands uh, coming out of CES in 2021. So Adam, first up, we have digital health. What are your thoughts on digital health? This has always been a big section of 
uh, CES, particularly on the show floor, always, you know, showing off the latest in wearable devices and, you know, other sort of just, you know, innovations in the, in the health space. So what are you thinking about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it the next several years are going to be huge for digital health at CES. It was already, uh, as you said, it was already a place where a lot of those announcements were being made because a lot of uh, innovation there is happening outside of companies that can necessarily drum up interest outside of a major event. So it was a great place for for startups, but also health tech companies that maybe are not as small as a startup, but they're not, you know, Apple and Google and Samsung, um, that for them to announce uh, their new products and, and new new services. Um, I think we're going to see a big push for home healthcare and telemedicine, um, obviously, uh, due to the pandemic and, and advances that have been sort of rolling in that area. Um, I also think that uh, as people are spending more time at home and uh, with sort of the memory of some of the wildfires that have been plaguing the West Coast, but also obviously other parts of the world as well, that we're going to start to see an increased focus on uh, making your home healthier and things like air filtration and air uh, quality monitoring and things like that. I think that we're going to see, which are, you know, sort of a mix of the smart home and and health, digital health. I think we're going to start to see... uh, uh, an increased focus there as well. Air filtration obviously addresses sort of both sides of that equation. I bet we're going to see we're, if, <laughs> if we were if we were walking the halls, I think we would be seeing so many air filter uh, booths uh, mm-hmm. this year. I'm skeptical we're going to see any major announcements on sort of new platforms, but I think we'll see a lot more devices uh, than we would in a normal year. All I can think about is going back to the massive Brizometer uh, yep. booth that, that used to be in the uh, in the sands, all about monitoring air quality and air pollution, um, and their API that allows brands to kind of make you know triggered responses based off of that uh, information. So uh, I agree um, that like that blend of both the digital health but also this like air purification uh, is going to be very important uh, for brands to be thinking about. Yeah. I also think the other, the other side of it is that we'll see a lot of um, focus on health monitoring for public spaces and public health. Uh, as oh, a lot of businesses start to reopen, they are probably going to be looking into installing, um, obviously, air filtration, definitely, again, going to be a big thing there on the enterprise side as well, but also um, temperature monitoring, even though we know that isn't 100% the best mm-hmm. for, for COVID, the right solution. I think it, it does provide some level of comfort, uh, especially as we think outside of our current circumstance and into the future, like if, if something like this were to ever come happen again, um, or, or just your regular flu season. I think people are going to be more yep. s- more cautious and more uh, sort of attuned to people who are sick in public for a while. Um, so I think that there's going to be some uh, a lot of infrastructure uh, pieces where we might see um, solutions for businesses and for retail and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You can bet there's going to be some sort of air filtration mask of some sort um, that'll be <laughs> showcased, you know, throughout throughout the uh, throughout the event. And on that note, we actually are doing a category disruption report as part of our CES programming on healthcare, which is taking place on Thursday, January 14th at 12 p.m. So if you're interested, definitely go check that out. Next up, our second trend here is remote work. Now, obviously, this is something that we've been talking about for the past few months, just given uh, that we are all now working from home. Um, but I think at CES, you know, we're going to start to see more and more uh, just products be developed for the employee, the person, whomever that is now working from home, kind of turning their home into this uh, full-on 
remote workspace and and setup. Uh, so it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to kind of see what products are going to come out that might be catered to uh, somebody that is working from home. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already started to see some of this stuff uh, start to trickle out a little bit. Um, Dell announced a new line of monitors. I think things like monitors are going to be uh, surprisingly Huge. exciting for people uh, in the short term. Uh, there's a mo- Dell monitor with a Microsoft Teams button on it because, I don't know, it's so hard to find Teams it's, it's uh, otherwise. Like the, it's like the Netflix <laughs> button on the Roku. Remote, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping, I think we'll see a ton of new webcams uh, since yep. webcam demand was you know, through the roof. I'm hopeful we'll see some cool new developments and things like standing desks uh, and furniture mm-hmm. for the home. I, I would like to, I'm looking on, on the lookout for something that is helps that is like a, a, I don't know exactly know how it would work, but something like a Murphy bed, but for your desk, uh, if that makes Ooh. sense. Like I, yep, I think yep. that somebody is going to have something like that. Maybe also we, we did see a startup uh, a few months ago with something that was sort of like a Murphy bed, but for gym equipment. Squat rack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Squat rack. So I, you know, that kind of thing that it like helps people optimize their space for, uh, for living and working in the same space. Uh, I think right. I'm actually interested to see, uh, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not this year, uh, and maybe not at CES, uh, but that innovation in furniture and, and sort of mm-hmm. living space design. I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. We might start to see some of that. Um, I don't think we're going to see, you know, announcements about, you know, teams and zoom and, and those software platforms, <laughs> even though we all know that there needs to be a lot of innovation in that space as well. I think that'll come later in the year. I think this will be mm-hmm. more about physical products, right. Uh, and, uh, cameras, microphones, monitors, desks, things like that. Man, BuzzFeed is going to have their hands full writing listicles <laughs> of the uh, different home at-home gadgets uh, that are going to be available for uh, consumers that are working from home. Um, our next trend here is one that is very well known to everybody that listens to this podcast, 5G. Um, so we know 5G has officially arrived at the end of 2020. Uh, Verizon has been slinging it. Uh, they were notably at the Apple keynote, uh, and they will actually be uh, doing a keynote at CES this year as well, uh, kind of kicking off this 5G race that is now out in the open. Um, and so I'm curious because it seems like it's there's been a, a lot of hype around 5G, Adam, for a long time. It seems like it's been a really good sales pitch to sell phones and get, get people to sign up for uh, the devices. But we still are kind of in the early stages of the rollout and seeing, you know, really any consumer benefit i don't know if it's there yet so it seems like there needs to be a new narrative to the 5g story coming out of ces this year yeah you know the ceo of verizon is doing the premier keynote uh, of the event uh, i'm sure he'll have some stuff to say it'll be interesting to see how they frame that as different from their uh sort of you know time during the the iphone keynote uh, last fall um you know it's interesting because last year at ces was the first year that 5g was actually live and it was a smaller presence on the show floor uh, and our our take on it then was that uh it you know 5g is here but it's like not the exciting part of 5g yet it's just like yeah. <laughs> a little bit faster in some places um and i think that this year uh 
might be more of this, the same. Um, I think we definitely will see cheaper 5G phones announced from, from smaller manufacturers. Again, the bigger guys will hold their own events. Uh, but what I'm looking for is um, 5G in other places. And there's really two things that I'm thinking of. One is IoT 5G devices, which is something that has been promised uh, as part of 5G. It, it takes less power. So you can start to put 5G directly into devices like thermostats, uh, but also into devices like televisions. CES is always a big sort of television show. And one of the things that we we know will happen at some point is a TV that you take it out of the box, you plug it into the wall for power, but it is automatically on the internet as soon as it's out of the box because it has a 5G connection. If you think about Kindles that have cellular service in, in them, you don't have to connect them to Wi-Fi because they use the cellular network. Um, and that's just baked into the price. You're not paying a monthly fee for it. Um, somebody will will figure out that business model at some point. I don't think I'm, I'm a little skeptical that'll happen with the TV this year. I think that's probably more of a 2022 thing. But I'm looking for for new devices that are, are 5G connected, maybe some of those those uh, digital health devices, right could be 5G connected, uh, just to make them e they're transmitting so uh, small, such small amounts of data, it would be an easy, fast thing to do out of the box. Um, the other thing that I'm looking at for 5G is, that we know will happen eventually, again, is this the, the event where it will happen, is uh, home internet service powered by 5G. Um, all of our major providers, uh, our major mobile providers in the U.S. have uh, sort of placeholder products around their own version of home service that they were sort of testing with uh, 4G. Uh, but 5G is really the speeds that it, that we need to be able to provide a home internet service. It's really what we see on mobile is that you can get mobile speeds that are as fast as a really good home internet connection. And all of the mobile providers really want to get into that space because they want to compete with the the landline providers uh, and the the uh, the, the sort of OG ISPs. Um, this will be great for a lot of Americans who will suddenly have way more choice in who their, their ISP is. It will provide a lot of competition. Um, and it will get fa way faster speeds into uh, areas that, that otherwise wouldn't have them because they, it's just not economically viable to run faster cables to them. So it'll be good all around. That is the thing that I would be watching for Verizon to maybe announce in that keynote is, are you ready to start selling this to people at home? Because um, mm -hmm. I think that will be, it, it will take a few years to really penetrate the entire uh, country, but it will, I think, be a big sea change. And, and in terms of, of competition and also will uh, sort of spur additional cord cutting, right? Because if it's not uh, bundled with a traditional cable package, uh, you will be switching to some kind of OTT solution. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just for like our listeners, it's like there are, you know, smaller companies out there that are already slinging 5G at home uh, internet connections, notably Starry Internet is available in my building. And I am oh. actually signing up after CES. So I'll let you know how that all how that all <laughs> plays out. Um, but it's very interesting technology that, you know, essentially could, for the first time in a long time, change that large infrastructure-based uh, competition. As we know, it's been pretty locked into a very select few ISPs to uh, provide that uh, in home internet connection. Um, so that is super exciting and definitely a lot to look out for. Um, but that brings me to our fourth trend, 
that can also take advantage of 5G in a pretty interesting way, and that is automobiles. Uh, notably, Adam, that wasn't one of the, the devices that you thought about that could have 5G connected into them. But um, I think the, the the theme for autos here is that CES has always evolved to kind of be a little bit of a car show uh, for you know a select few different brands, and sometimes even a yacht show uh, <laughs> where they put an entire boat uh, in one of these halls. And so um, I think as we start to think about what the future of auto is going to be, um, a lot of this is going to be thinking about the in-car entertainment system and what that looks like when you're not driving the car, when there's more room for screens. Uh, like, How do you entertain people in these cars as they become more autonomous and, you know, of course, even electric on top of that? So notably, we have the CEO, uh, Mary Barra of GM, who will be sharing their vision on the future of mobility. Certainly, 5G connectivity is something that was also really trumpeted for mobility. Um, it is something that is uh, probably necessary for uh, true self-driving. So, you know, an important yep. component there, we are still years away from true self-driving, uh, despite what Elon Musk says every single day. Uh, but um, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see if there are sort of 5G enabled entertainment uh, uh, services connected to to vehicles, um, or even just for sort of taking reimagining what's happening in the traditional dashboard and making it a little more modern. Um, Mercedes right. is going to be unveiling some kind of hyperscreen dashboard display ne uh, next week, which claims to use AI to enable uh, new methods for controlling entertainment and you know vehicle controls. Uh, I don't know what that means. It sounds like <laughs> a lot of uh, mumbo jumbo. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want an AI controlling uh, my vehicle necessarily uh, in terms of I don't know. Maybe it's fine. Um, you know, but I think we've also seen seen innovation there with uh, companies with like the the new electric Hummer, which runs uh, Unreal Engine to uh, make its dashboard way more immersive and more video game like. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that in the near future. If you look at um, at at vehicle dashboards, uh, a lot of them were were redesigned recently to support smartphones. Automakers are, I think struggling a little bit with keeping up with the pace of change and the adoption of new technologies because of their development life cycles. Um, so I think it, it's time for a, a big leap forward. And I think we will start mm -hmm. to see some of that at CES this year. Yeah. On top of that, I think I think the one other thing just to think about is the sales process. Um, are we going to start to see more and more integration of AR technology and VR technology uh, as a way for consumers to engage with their vehicles uh, in a digital nature uh, and even kind of buying through online? I think that's a whole other part of the uh, kind of auto development space that, you know, is going to kind of get e-commerceized, if that's a word, um, going, going forward. Yep. As someone who purchased a vehicle in 2020, I can tell you that uh, that is that the most painful part of the process was actually purchasing the vehicle. Uh, as <laughs> it didn't support Apple Pay? <laughs> as it, it did not. Uh, as much as, uh, as, you know, some parts of the vehicle uh, itself are uh, obviously ready for updates. Uh, the process of, of shopping for and buying a vehicle, it still feels the same as it did 20 years ago. Uh, and I right. think that that needs to change. So, um, not sure we're going to see that innovation happen at CES, uh, but uh, you never know. Last year, we did see some interesting announcements uh, from Amazon around uh, helping uh, manufacturers with their with their sales process. So maybe. Right. 
Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, anything's up for grabs at CES 2021. And something to note for all of our listeners that are attending CES, we are actually doing a disruption report on mobility. Uh, it'll be happening on Thursday, January 14th from 1230 to one o'clock. So if you're interested, make sure you check that out and sign up. And our last trend that our brand should be looking out for is platform regulation and privacy. We know in the past CES has been a playground uh, for this type of conversation, notably when Apple put up a massive uh, advertisement outside of the uh, convention center uh, saying that what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Uh, and so as we start to see more and more uh, conversation around antitrust and tech regulation, CES is a place where um, essentially titans of industry and technology will come together to have these types of conversations. Yeah, um, I think that normally we do see uh, some address of, the, of these issues at CES this year. We'll see. Uh, I think the digital nature might might uh, remove some of those conversations. Um, I think also just the fact that at least at the current moment, uh, you know, having just gotten through an, a major election here in the U.S. Uh, and then a second a second runoff election, uh, and so I feel like. Um, Folks are also looking to take a little bit of a step back from politics, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – and take a little break from politics. I wouldn't be surprised if that took a little bit of a backseat as we know that at least in the next few months, the main political drive in Washington is not going to be focused as much on technology uh, and tech, tech regulation as it is going to be on dealing with cleaning up the pandemic and getting everybody uh, vaccinated and back to work and restarting uh, the wheels of the economy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Adam, I mean, any anything else um, that you're thinking about uh, that we might be seeing coming out of the show this year? Uh, well, one thing, you know, is that there's always a lot of connected home devices at CES. I think that with people spending so much time at home uh, over the past year, I think that there will be an even bigger market and has been an even bigger market uh, for those devices. I think we'll see uh, even more of them at CES, right? I think that uh, we it's been a good year for all kinds of connected home devices. And I think that uh, we will see, uh, I, I'm, I'm on the lookout to see if there are new categories, right? Like everybody, I kind of feel like at this point, if you want smart lights, you figured out a way to do smart lights, right? If you want a connected lock, if you want security cameras in your home, you figured out the way to do those things. I'm always looking for what is a new category of connected devices. And one that came up a few years ago that we weren't, wouldn't have necessarily called is uh, smart ovens, right? Countertop ovens that um, are connected and uh, using new methods sometimes of, of cooking your food uh, in a more automated way. Kind of thinking about taking a step back and saying, if we were making the microwave today, we wouldn't actually make it the microwave, but we would make it this way. <laughs> uh, and I think that... Uh, you know, looking for categories like that, what else can we sort of start to think about and reinvent in the home, especially because, as as I was saying earlier, we're spending so much time here, we're rethinking our spaces. Uh, the kitchen has always been, uh, or for the past, I don't know, 50 years, uh, 60, 70 years, has been a standard oven with a range on top and uh, and a refrigerator. And then we added a dishwasher and a microwave, but like, and that started sort of became the standard, but uh, maybe it's time to rethink that. Absolutely. I couldn't set it better myself uh, as people intimately got to know what they like and don't like about their homes uh, over, over the past year. 
Well, listeners, that's our show this week. Um, we are excited to see everybody uh, at CES Virtual uh, next week. If you have any questions, you can find myself and Adam on Twitter. I am at T-I-P-P-I-E-R. Adam is at Adam J. Simon. And we'll talk to you all live from CES next week. Thank you.